I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, yeah, you're welcome to come on down to the range. And you're welcome to ride the mechanical bull. But if that mechanical bull bucks you off, you can't go around saying, I sabotaged you. It's high noon for Thursday, June 17th. 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also occasionally find me on Gab at I'm your moderator. And the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. If you happen to listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app and you haven't done so before, I would love it if you would take 90 seconds of your time. And go drop a five-star rating on the podcast. Leave a review if you feel like it. I always love that. And I don't think I do this enough, but thank you to all the people who are supporting the podcast, whether that's on Anchor or the Substack or anywhere else. I really do appreciate it. So thank you very much. Today is the 148th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You set the world up exactly as you wanted and figured you could defend it by claiming victimhood and whining interminably. But it turns out that was not a very good strategy. And now everyone just sees you as a whiner and a victim. And no one anywhere is going to follow you because it's impossible to be a leader when you cannot even think for yourself. That said, a warm Thursday, high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, communists. Welcome to the show. Maybe you accidentally clicked play on my podcast because you were looking for the Chrissy Teigen show, but consider it a happy accident. And I hope you stick around and endure whatever small level of mocking and ridicule you hear and feel coming in your direction. It's not personal. The problem is you just hold all of these very, very stupid and evil ideas in your head and they are ruining everything. And normal methods of, you know, reason and appealing to things like reality 
don't seem to work on you, Kami. So the only thing we can really do to show you how stupid and evil these ideas are is to mock them relentlessly and expose every single one of them. And so that's what I'm here to do. And I'm sure that you can get through this for the next hour. And once you do that, the next hour after that is going to be no problem for you. And a few hours later, you'll be like, oh, yeah, man, how did I think that? How did I think that masks work? Was I just retarded for an entire year and a half? Yeah, Kami, you were retarded. It's okay. It happens to everybody. Well, not everybody, but it happens to a lot of people. Used to happen to me. I get it. The culture wants you to believe something so bad. And it makes it hurt so much for you to disagree. And that's how they keep you believing such stupid and evil things. So all you got to do to turn that around is choose consciously to immigrate back to America. Come on down to the range. You're welcome here. You just got to leave all the stupid and evil communist ideas behind. Sorry. That's the price of admission. Now, we talked about Mike Lindell extensively yesterday, and that was day two of The Daily Show's Return to Relevance. (laughs) So let's do a little tiny piece of day three, because I've been thinking a lot about Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell represents something that goes beyond just Mike Lindell and his evidence and what he's saying. There's something bigger at work here. And there is a block that the commies have to being able to even hear Mike Lindell or even take him seriously. And I've discussed that before. A lot of it is about voice and communication, attitude, volume, demeanor, It is ingrained in our culture and in all these commie heads to think that people who talk that way are stupid, especially if they're saying the thing that everybody knows isn't true. So Mike Lindell in some way becomes an easy target for them, an easy target for their mocking and their ridicule. And it was my impression and assumption that The Daily Show was supposed to be showing the Lindell bit last night, but they did not. And I'm starting to wonder if they're going to at all because the video yesterday on some level went viral and the commies responded how you would expect commies to respond by absolutely freaking out and trying to distract from the subject at hand. There was a viral article in on a website called Uproxx Yesterday, U-P-R-O-X-X. And the headline of the article was Mike Lindell's plot to sabotage The Daily Show and Jordan Klepper only resulted in him looking even more batshit than usual. Okay, and the article is about 500 words long. Maybe it's 750, but it's a short little piece of garbage. And the millennial commie writing for this website 
tried to make the point that no one showed up at Lindell's rally, which is, you know, provably false. There were 18,000 people there. And he said it was poorly attended. He also tried to say that people left early, like the crowd had all dissipated. Everyone got bored and went home because they realized everything was such bullshit. But even within the article, the commie writer described the crowd of people leaving as sunburned walkouts. Got it? So these sunburned walkouts apparently spent enough time at the Lindell rally to get sunburn, but we're meant to believe that they walked out during President Trump's speech on the big screen. Now, that doesn't seem like something that happened. No one who goes out and spends their day attending one of these things leaves when President Trump is delivering his message. All right. There are no people at that rally who don't like Donald Trump, except, of course, for the quote unquote news. And then the author, <laughs> you can't call him an author, the millennial blogger, communist who wrote this thing. Admits in the piece that Jordan Klepper has not watched any of Mike Lindell's videos or documentaries, whatever you'd like to call them. And he repeats the joke about mayor of Easttown because apparently that is an uber slam. Oh, I didn't have time to watch your silly videos because I was busy watching mayor of Easttown. And this little blogger from Uproxx thinks that's like totally legit. Yeah, man. Why would anyone bother looking at overwhelming evidence of election fraud when they could be watching Kate Winslet play a broken-hearted small-town cop who just wants everything to be right. Why would anyone <laughs> pay attention to the fact that the American presidency is in the process of being usurped by a totally illegitimate old demented pervert who is also overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. Rather than watching HBO. But I am honestly amazed, amazed that one of these little soy-based communist bloggers can actually try to turn the Daily Show into the victims of this situation. The Daily Show booked the interview with Mike Lindell. It's not like Mike Lindell paid for The Daily Show to come out and interview him so that he could set an elaborate trap and then sabotage The Daily Show with the with their black host, Trevor Noah. Oh my God, he only sabotaged The Daily Show because Trevor Noah's black and a foreigner. It's white supremacy. 
White supremacy always at work behind the scenes, sabotaging all of the good things communists try to do, like have the Daily Show. This sacred cultural institution has now been tainted by conspiracy theorists and all of their sabotage. Mike Lindell, the conspiracy theorist saboteur. He's so dangerous. So, okay, just let me get this straight, Kami. You're trying to tell me that this complete delusional conspiracy theorist, loudmouth dolt played 17-dimensional chess on The Daily Show and convinced them to come out to his event so that he could sabotage them? And, uh, sorry, Kami, here's another part I just don't understand. And I'm sure that you can explain it to me in all your Kami language. How do you know that Mike Lindell sabotaged The Daily Show when it's so clear to you that everything Mike Lindell was doing and saying was so stupid and deranged and untrue. Like, what an intricate plot this master saboteur came up with. Mike Lindell convinced The Daily Show to come out to his event. He was laying a trap for them. And he sprung the trap on them by being loud and ridiculous and deranged and a conspiracy theorist and saying all these false things. That was his plan for sabotage the entire time. Hey, I'm going to have the Daily Show come to my event. They're going to interview me. I'm going to say all these stupid and deranged things. And then sabotage. It makes me think of South Park's underwear gnomes, which are one of my favorite things of all time. I'm a huge South Park fan, by the way. But the underpants gnomes, the underpants gnomes business plan was one of the greatest things I have ever seen. I think of it often and it actually explains a lot of situations. Okay, so step one for the underpants gnomes is collect underpants. That's it. They just sneak into the kids' rooms at night, steal the underpants, and take them back to their underground lair. That's step one. Step two is a big question mark. And step three is profit. <laughs> so so Mike Lindell, his, his sabotage plan kind of goes along those same lines. Do all these things. Who knows what that middle step is? Step three, sabotage. <laughs> hey, man, what's the question mark, Kami? You're going to have to explain to me how Mike Lindell inviting The Daily Show to his rally and then saying all this stuff that you call stupid and loud and annoying somehow sabotaged The Daily Show. But I guess it must have worked because The Daily Show hasn't put out the video yet. I want to thank this commie for helping us spread that story around. That is definitely awesome. But look at the length these commies will go to. So just with that in mind, 
I've been thinking about Lindell because Lindell is one of these characters that even if you know there is a red pillable redeemable communist out there that you think you can reach, they are still going to reject Lindell. And why and how do they think that they're legitimately able to do that? Okay, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I honestly don't think it'll make any sense to them. So kind of go along with me here for a second. I think this might be a way to spin these people out of this mindset. All right. So you take Lindell, you listen to the things he's saying, and you can ask most of these commies, hey, does Lindell sound like an evil man or does he sound like a nice man? I think most people out there would be like, apart from whether or not they think he's crazy, by the way, don't let that enter into the conversation. Just say, hey, does he sound like an evil man? Does he sound like a nice man? I don't care about your opinion of what he's saying or whether you think he's lying or not. Does he seem cruel and evil? And most honest people will say, no, okay, fine. Of course not. He doesn't seem cruel and evil. And I would agree. So you have Mike Lindell putting all his money, his reputation, and his life on the line to do what? To go out and trick people? Because that's basically what the commies would have to believe. It's either that or... The man with this background and this life story, a man who has gone from addiction to pretty spectacular success, must be so stupid that he would continue doing all this stuff knowing that the things he was saying are not true and that he has nothing to back it up with. He would be putting himself in such precarious situations, financially and otherwise, by taking on all of this heat for something that he doesn't know to be true. So it's got to be one of the two things, right? He's too dumb to realize that he doesn't have the goods and he's putting himself in all these precarious positions, or he knows he doesn't have the goods and he's just out there trying to trick people. So if you think that Mike Lindell is a nice man, you can agree that he's not out there trying to trick people. So then at that point, we can focus on the other idea they could have, which is that Mike Lindell is simply too dumb to realize what he's doing. And the fact that he's going to ruin his life and it'll all be for nothing because everything he has is a lie. That is what you would have to suggest. And these commies do make that suggestion and they do it while knowing absolutely nothing about the truth or falsity of election fraud. All they know is that the government agency said that it was the most secure election of all time. And even his own attorney general said he hadn't seen evidence at that point that spoke to election fraud big enough to have changed the outcome. That's it. There's nothing else. Oh, and the courts. The courts dismissed it. 
Okay, tell me about a court case, Kami. Can I quiz you about the court cases, Kami? Oh, no, I can't. Okay, well, stop using that point, but I know you're not going to stop. So by all means, Kami, go ahead. And so then we get to this question. Hey, Kami, do you think that it's more likely that this nice man who has built this huge business and has the attention and ability to hold these massive rallies, which all sorts of people come to, is too dumb to know what he's actually doing to himself, then it is for you to be wrong about something you admittedly don't know anything about. Which one is more likely, Kami? Honestly, which one is more likely? You are actively asserting that Mike Lindell is either a liar or stupid about a subject you don't know anything about. And you are willing to put your country's future on the line because you are so confident that a man who talks like that can't be right about something you don't know anything about. That is brain dead, right? That is rock dumb. This little commie on Up Rocks has rocks in his brain. Maybe that's what Up Rocks means. Hey, uh, where are your rocks? Well, they're up in my skull. Do you hear them rattling as I shake my head? I'm like a human maraca. But let's take this one step further. Because we're going to have conversations with people about Lindell in the coming weeks. And eventually, to get through to these commies, they're going to have to understand that Mike Lindell has exactly what he says he has. And that there's no way to forge what he has. It's impossible for him to have forged what he has. And what he has matches the actual public data about the election. The only question remaining about Mike Lindell's information is its provenance. Where did it come from? That's it. So how do commies just ignore this? And how long can they keep ignoring it? I would argue not for very long, but our job is to get them out faster when we have conversations with them. So this is a path that you can go down, I think. Obviously, everyone's different. The people you talk to are going to be different. But pose it to them that way. Is it more likely that this guy has risked everything and is too dumb or simply lying than it is that you're wrong about something you know you don't know anything about? It's pretty clear what the answer there is. How do these people not know this already, right? Are they too lazy to bother thinking about this? Maybe they are. And that could be a result of privilege or it could be a result of disillusionment, jadedness, however you'd like to describe it. A lot of people checked out of politics completely. Once you reach a certain point in your life, 
You've seen the corruption on some level. It all gets embedded into how you think of the world. You think there is no way to ever solve this stuff. So you check out and try to fend for yourself. On some level, that could be construed as a rational position. But it can't be when you are under existential threat, which is exactly where we are. So privilege, to me, this is the only sensible definition of this word. Forget about gender or color or religion or disability or anything else. All of those privileges are ridiculous. The only privilege is this one. There is virtually no decision you will ever have to make in your life that goes so badly you may lose your position in society. All right? That's privilege. Knowing that no matter how lazy or stupid or mindless you are about the details of your life, nothing bad can really happen. You will never actually have to bear the brunt of the consequences of your actions. That is privilege. Okay, both genders have that type of privilege. So do the 55 other fake genders. All races experience that privilege, all religions. Doesn't matter how you divide people. People have privileges in different situations. The only privilege that really matters is that people can do anything they want without caring about the consequences because they can never be punished and never be punished enough that they will ever lose their position in society. So this is the mindset we're working with. Okay. People do not care about whether or not they're right about election fraud. They don't think it's worth looking into because everything is going their way and it doesn't really personally affect them. So why even bother? Let's just accept the news's explanation for it. Everybody else seems to, except they don't. And then we'll just move on. And isn't that interesting? Because what that shows is that the commies with this mindset, the Obamis, the Romneys, whatever. And by the way, I should have mentioned this the other day, but every single leader at the G7 is an Obami, right? There aren't even Romneys there. There are just Obama-style liberal communists there. Mainstream liberal communists. All of them Obamis. And all of them are as fake and feckless as Barack Obama. Not all of them are as demented and decrepit as Joe Biden, but they are all equally corrupt and equally unimpressive. But do any of these people strike you as the sort of person that feels a genuine responsibility for the society they leave behind after they're gone. They can't possibly. You cannot ignore whether or not the most powerful country in the history of the world has an illegitimately elected leader and still pretend to care about your responsibility for the society you leave in place after you're gone. You just can't. And so then it becomes really interesting 
to see that these exact same people cannot stop harping about climate change solely on the basis that they care about how society will be after they're gone. They are complete liars from top to bottom because they don't know anything about climate change either. And this isn't about one is right and the other is wrong. This is about the fact that if you care what your society is like after you're gone, then you would take the time to figure out what the truth is right now. And all of them, all of them believe in climate change. And what is their basis for believing in climate change? What is the first thing you hear out of every commie's mouth every time climate change is brought up? And by the way, I'm not making an argument one way or another about climate change. But I am saying that the liberal interpretation of climate change and what to do is nonsense. So what's the first thing they will always say? 97% of scientists agree that climate change is a real thing and man-made and it's going to kill us all. That's what they always say. And what does that mean at this point? That means absolutely nothing. All right. How many scientists agreed that hydroxychloroquine not only didn't kill COVID, but was dangerous. How many scientists agreed that lockdowns worked? How many scientists agreed that masks worked? Okay. The scientific consensus as relayed by the communists is pretty much always wrong. And the thing is, if you don't have a real argument, if you are trying to put one over on people, if you're trying to lie to people, your argument will always start with either ad hominems or statistics. Like someone's a bad person for believing or saying the thing that they're saying they believe. Or they're going to try to tell you that their case is unassailable because they have statistics on their side. Now, think about how ridiculous that is. And think about if we did that, if we just tried to say all of these things based on some statistical interpretation, that would be like arguing for the Second Amendment by saying over 99% of gun use does not end in death. Okay. But that's not the argument for the Second Amendment. That's how commies argue. That's the sort of argument they would use. Oh, the, the chances of problems are just so small. That's not the argument. It's not the argument that you can or cannot find some statistic out there in the world of statistics that you believe supports your point. That's not the argument. That's never the argument. If you can't actually back up your premises and your conclusions with anything other than statistics you might find that, first of all, may not be correct and probably aren't. And second of all, don't necessarily lead to the conclusion you're trying to support with the statistics. You're not actually making an argument. And that's what so much of this stuff 
is based on. Why do communists believe that women are oppressed in America? That is a totally, wholly unsupportable position. Women in the United States of America are not oppressed. Women actually have quite a few advantages over men. And we don't need to get them into them now. This is not a discussion about who has it worse or who has it better, by the way, because women do have it better on a whole range of issues. But what do they always say? Well, women only make 80 cents on the dollar to men. But that's not true. And even if that was true, that wouldn't be conclusive in an argument, especially in a society where it is against the law to pay a woman less than a man for doing the same work with the same experience and everything else. The statistics should never be the foundation of an argument. An argument can be supported by statistics, but if it's a good argument, it probably shouldn't need to. Because once you start getting down to discussions about rights and morality and personal liberty, the statistics won't be necessary. And the crazy part is that for election fraud, they don't even have statistics on their side. The only arguments they're making are arguments to authority, and they refuse to have the authority tested to find out whether or not the thing they're repeating based on arguments to authority is actually true. You can't test it. If you try to test it, you're a conspiracy theorist or stupid or evil or trying to tear down the country or trying to start another very violent insurrection. If only the FBI will help. And then... You know, the other thing about what Lindell is putting out there is this. You know, again, I've talked over and over and over again about how I don't think that this is going to be a matter of one state flipping and then another state flipping. And then we're going to have electors decertified. And then we're going to have a discussion about whether or not Trump can be put back in office and blah, blah, blah. It could go that direction. It could. But I really think that this stuff is going to be led by public opinion. And that when public opinion sways, it cannot sway back. And then that will just be an avalanche, right? But here's another reason to believe that, okay? If Mike Lindell is right, he's right everywhere. It's not just the counties that he's put out so far. They have this repeated across 50 states. They know that the election was penetrated, there was internet interference in all 50 states. Lindell has this information. He has the packet captures, the PCAPs. Those cannot be forged. You can't retro-engineer them. They were recorded in real time as the election was happening, and even for the days after where they were still counting fraudulent votes. They have it all. It's true everywhere. And it's funny because Lindell also knows the power of what he has. And he put this 
commie Jordan Klepper on the spot in that interview. He said, hey, what if I'm right? Like, what if I really do have what I say I have? And immediately Jordan Klepper changed subjects because what is he supposed to say to that? They won't answer that simple question. What if I'm right? What would that mean for society if I was right? Wouldn't that mean that we are actually under attack by an illegitimate power within our own country that has the aid of these other countries around the world and these other foreign leaders and a huge portion of our political elite and these people we imagine are representing our needs? Doesn't that matter if that's the case? Like, wouldn't it behoove you to find out whether or not you are actually in a situation of existential threat for yourself and for our country? These people imagine somehow that there's some beneficent force guiding the global reset, global communist agenda. Yeah, okay, maybe... Maybe all this stuff is true and they did steal the election, but this is still better. What? Come on, commie. You can't believe that, can you? And if you don't believe that, doesn't it behoove you to find out whether or not you're wrong about this thing you don't know anything about? You admittedly don't know anything about this and you still don't care to find out whether or not you're wrong. How is that, Kami? How is that? And again, just comes back to the fact that this is the ultimate privilege. To them, it really doesn't matter one way or the other because they don't believe their position in society will change. That's privilege. And it's kind of amazing that the commies won't embrace any of this. Like, I think that we should just offer them up a full audit in a red state because, you know, they were told that they might take Texas this year or last year, I suppose. There are other states out there that they thought they were going to get that still stayed red. Why don't we audit those? I mean, hey, Kami, you might get some more House seats. Maybe there's a Senate seat out there that you actually won. Right? Governorships? Don't care? Ballot measures? Actual laws voted on by the people? You don't care? Come on, Kami. You must have had some pet candidate or pet issue somewhere around the country. You thought for sure you were going to get it. You were going to win. And it didn't happen. Don't you want an audit? Let's give you a red state. Take Texas. You can fully audit Texas. Do a full forensic audit of Texas. Who knows? Maybe you did win, Kami. Right? Why not do the full forensic audit and find out? Maybe you can gain some political advantage out of that. And then you would get to know the truth, wouldn't you? But they don't want that. Why not? Are they worried that their audit is going to destroy democracy? It's going to make people lose faith in our election system. Hey, Kami, no one has any faith in the election system, including you. Your only 
saying the things the television says. You don't have any faith whatsoever in our election system, and you proved that with every single thing you said for the last five years. And you all proved it in the HBO documentary where your little favorite leaders also agreed that elections were not secure and that voting machines represented a real problem in determining the proper outcome of elections. So why not embrace a full forensic audit in a red state? Who knows? Maybe Joe Biden had an even bigger victory. Maybe you get some extra house seats. Maybe you get a senator or two. Maybe you get that ballot measure you really had your eye on. Imagine, Kami, how much good you could do for black people and gay people and fat trans women. If only you had a little bit more political power that was stolen from you in these red states. So come on, commies, demand a full audit of Texas. Oh, you don't want to do that? Well, that's weird because aren't you complaining about how these states are passing all these laws that you think are regressive? You don't like them. You think that they're destroying democracy. They're going to make it impossible for black people to vote. You don't like how Texas is going to build its own border wall. Give us a full forensic audit. We'll, in fact, we'll give you the full forensic audit. You choose a red state. We'll forensically audit the entire thing. And maybe we find out that you're right. And then you save democracy by making sure that we're going to have safe and secure elections in 2022. Come on, commie, take the bait. You're the one who's worried about truth and justice, aren't you? Or are you not worried about truth and justice? And you're only worried about protecting the extremely precarious position your fraud and abuse and dishonesty has put you in. You don't want the forensic audit of the red state, do you, Kami? Because you know what that audit's going to find in the red state. It's going to find out you lost by even more. But come on, Kami. Live a little. Take a risk. Don't you want to know the truth? Don't you want to know that all the terrible things you're saying about your fellow citizens are actually justified? Kind of sucks to find out that none of them are, huh? Kind of sucks to actually see the news that's coming out right now. Not that any of them see it. But in Georgia now, they have released the Secretary of State's report from mid-November last year. And Just the News did a great piece about this. National Pulse is following up on it. They have the actual documents, the actual report from Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office. And it turns out that within those documents, they knew how messed up Georgia's election was. And Brad Raffensperger knew it. And nonetheless, all of these Georgia officials went out on television and lied. They didn't make mistakes. They lied about all of it. We can see it in black and white. It's clear as day. Watch videos of Brad Raffensperger talking about the election while knowing that Brad Raffensperger knew their election was a mess. He knew they did not have chain of custody documents for hundreds of thousands of ballots in Georgia. And now he's trying to 
dilute his responsibility. He's trying to push it off onto Fulton County election officials. Oh, we need new officials. I know what will solve this terrible problem of a fraudulent election. New elections officials. And let's let human election fraud machine Stacey Abrams choose all the officials, just like she chose all the election workers last time. Literally hired temps from a temp agency that she's involved with and had them run the election. So let's go through this piece from Just the News. This is John Solomon and Daniel Payne today. Georgia audit documents expose significant election failures in state's largest county. Records suggest more than 100 batches of absentee ballots in Fulton County could be missing. Some experts see election tabulation malpractice as state officials seek to remove county's top election supervisors. Documents that Georgia's largest county submitted to state officials as part of a post-election audit highlight significant irregularities in the Atlanta area during last November's voting, ranging from identical vote tallies repeated multiple times to large batches of absentee ballots that appear to be missing from the official ballot scanning records. Oh, well, that's strange. So they have votes, but no ballots. Man. That happened in Arizona, too. Ooh. Gosh, human error just happens everywhere. (laughs) The problems in predominantly Democratic Fulton County potentially impact thousands of ballots in a presidential race that Joe Biden was certified as winning statewide by fewer than 12,000 votes. The memo's reviewed by Just the News, include the handwritten tally sheets for all absentee ballots counted by the county, as well as a private report from a contractor hired by Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to monitor the Atlanta area election process. The report, which chronicled seven days of problems, recorded troubling behavior like the mysterious removal of a suitcase of sensitive election data known as poll pads used to authenticate voters. Now, these are notes, so some of the language is going to sound a little awkward. Learn that Rick reprogramming poll pads earlier was setting up a new precinct for SC-11 because someone took the wrong suitcase but only took one. The contractor Seven Hills Strategy wrote on November 2nd, the night before Election Day. Seems to be a mystery who this person was. Should have chain of custody paperwork, exclamation point, exclamation point. That means that a stranger just walked out with sensitive election materials? Question mark. That's a note from the report. The contractor also observed that sensitive election materials were left on a dock at a warehouse without supervision. Several cases, including SC-11, were just left out on the loading dock outside the warehouse, he wrote. Thankfully, the seals were intact. And the links to these reports are in this article from Just the News. And the article is up on the info stream, t.me slash I'm your moderator. The revelations come as a state judge has taken the extraordinary step of ordering absentee ballots in the county unsealed so that a private audit led by lawyer Bob Cheeley can examine the actual papers and resolve discrepancies. Cheeley told Just the News on Wednesday the evidence he has seen so far points to election tabulation malpractice. Private experts and state election officials differ on whether the evidence shows a pattern of potential fraud or simply gross incompetence in the county that encompasses Atlanta. 
but they are mostly united for the first time that the top election supervisors in Fulton County should be removed. Some officials are even discussing a dramatic intervention like putting the county's election system in conservatorship so it can be run by state, not local officials. Now, that is a terrible solution. I have continued to call on the elections director to be removed from his position, and the leadership of Fulton County has continued to fail to act, Raffensperger told Just the News on Wednesday. Oh, so bold, Brad. Gosh, what a committed public servant Brad Jordy Raffensperger is. There was this massive problem that occurred under his purview. And the solution is to change out all the people for next time. Just don't worry about Brad Jordy Raffensperger's incompetence and malfeasance. The secretary said he stands by his private monitor's assessment that fraud did not occur at a scale in Fulton County to impact the election's outcome. But he added the county's election management failures nonetheless warrant dramatic repair. Now, that's interesting. See that pattern again? Brad Jordy Raffensperger just said that he was going by his private monitor's assessment. So he hired someone to tell him whether or not there was a problem. And that person didn't bring it up. So it's not Brad's fault. He has no responsibility whatsoever. But he is sure that even though the difference in Georgia was 12,000 votes, and even though there are 333,000 absentee ballots from drop boxes that have no chain of custody, there's just no way it would have affected the outcome. Gosh, what a committed public servant Brad Jordy Raffensperger is. It is no secret that Fulton has had issues in their elections department for decades, which is why I insisted on a state monitor being present to be eyes and ears on the ground. He did not see any evidence of fraud despite having full access, but he saw continued mismanagement, miscommunication, unpreparedness, and sloppiness. Georgia voters deserve better. And of course, that's why Brad Jordy Raffensperger didn't bother giving Georgia voters any better and didn't bother actually saying any of those things during any of the times before the Georgia election was certified. There were no problems then, certainly nothing that could ever cause any issue with the final outcome. It was only continued mismanagement, miscommunication, unpreparedness, and sloppiness that has existed for decades that Brad Jordy Ravensburger, of course, did not bother trying to fix. Why bother fixing all of these mismanagement, miscommunication, unpreparedness, and sloppiness problems when you can instead sign a consent decree with Stacey Abrams And then just have her run everything because everybody knows that Stacey Abrams cares about the integrity of our elections and would never claim to have won an election that she actually lost. Except that she still won't admit she actually lost her gubernatorial election in 2018. Yeah, she's very responsible. Exactly the person who should be responsible for hiring all of the election workers. Hey, Brad, 
What is your private monitor's name? Fulton County election officials did not respond to repeated requests seeking comment. Oh, that's shocking. Just the News reviewed the documents of uh, Raffensperger's office collected from Fulton County during a risk-limiting audit conducted last November. Among the problems those memos exposed, more than 100 batches of absentee ballots, each containing approximately 100 or more ballots, were assigned tracking numbers before being sent to one of the five absentee vote counting machines in Fulton County, but are not subsequently recorded in the handwritten logs showing which batches were scanned and counted, raising concerns the ballots may be missing. More than two dozen batches of absentee ballots were identified as having been double scanned on the tally sheets. Five sequential batches of absentee votes appeared with the exact same vote count of 392 for Biden, 96 for President Trump, and three for Libertarian Joe Jorgensen, a count that state officials admitted was a statistical impossibility. Oh, well, that's interesting. That sounds like 1,500 votes right there. Huh. Man, that's over 10% of the entire difference. Thank goodness we can take Brad Jordy Raffensperger's word for it, that no matter what happened, it wouldn't have affected the outcome. But wait, that first one said 100 batches of absentee ballots, each containing approximately 100 or more ballots. That sounds like 10,000 ballots. So we got 10,000 there and we got 1,500 here. Now, not a math wizard, not really into statistics, but that sounds like 11,500 votes in an election that was decided by 11,800 ballots. And this is only one county. How do you explain that, Brad? Hey, Brad, maybe it's time to get a criminal defense attorney because you're going to prison forever. And that would be a good outcome for you at this point, Brad. If you want the good outcome, Brad, maybe it's time to be a whistleblower. How about that, Brad? Or is the deep state going to kill you? Is that what you're worried about? I, we're all sure you took a payoff. No one doubts that. We're all going to find out, Brad. No one's confused about what has happened here, Brad. And no one is going to stop until we all know what happened, Brad. So become a whistleblower, Brad. Many control sheets for absentee ballot batches counted during the state's audit did not check a box indicating the ballot came from a secure container, raising the possibility that ballots were stored insecurely or that multiple batches of ballots were sealed in a single container. I wonder how many that was, Brad. Got any numbers on that, Brad? An official working for Raffensperger who reviewed the documents flagged by Just the News said they were clear evidence of significant human failure in Fulton County's election administration. The official said, for instance, the identical ballot batches likely resulted in about a thousand extra votes being tallied. Okay. That estimate is a little lower than my 1500. I think we'll probably find out the 1500 is more accurate, but let's take that number. So I guess we have to find 800 votes in the rest of the state rather than only 300, as I suggested. 
The official also said that some of the gaps in the absentee ballots might be explained by mistakes in which county officials mixed absentee ballots counted by one machine for another. But he acknowledged other gaps in ballot batches defy immediate explanation and would require extensive investigation to determine if something more nefarious than incompetence was at work. Well, okay, I guess if we want to be certain. A second state official said the shoddy nature of the Fulton County paperwork left open the possibility fraud or other misconduct occurred. An audit is only as good as the data that's inputted. And in this case, Fulton County's records are so problematic that I'm not sure a reasonable person can trust them. The official said, wait a second. Does that say official? Oh, does that mean we have to trust them now, commies? When you add in the reports of ballots magically appearing under tables or being moved out of the counting center, there are legitimate outstanding questions. Yes, official, there are. The findings of the Just the News review closely mirror those of the private audit conducted by Chile's team under the judge's supervision. Oh, so the thing that the investigation found is the same thing that these reports list. And these reports were available to Brad Jordy Raffensperger since November 12th, even though Brad Jordy Raffensperger has spent seven full months going out on television and telling everybody that none of this could have possibly happened. And even if it did, it wouldn't have affected the outcome. Brad is still saying that. A private fraud expert hired by Chile, the forensic accountant David Sawyer, specifically flagged scores of batches of absentee ballots that appeared missing from the documents and more than two dozen batches of absentee ballots that appear to have been double or triple counted in Fulton County. Sawyer said the fact that the ballot numbers the ballot batch numbers are missing from the Fulton County audit documents contradicts the concepts of completeness and existence and accuracy of the November audit and quote should have been readily apparent to anyone who is performing a reconciliation, let alone an audit. These need to be more fully investigated and they indicate the possibility that there are missing batches that might not have been counted. Sawyer testified. County lawyers who cross-examined Sawyer offered little explanation or pushback before the judge officially ordered all absentee ballots unsealed so Chile's team could investigate more deeply. That process is ongoing. Chile told Just the News on Wednesday night his ongoing audit has now flagged many thousands of absentee ballots that haven't been properly accounted or suffer other serious problems. Thousands. Fulton County's inability to account for so many batches reported from a November hand recount audit amounts to election tabulation malpractice, he said. Anyone who can count should know that it is unacceptable. This evidence produced in court on May 21st justified the audit which Judge Amaro ordered of the absentee ballots and envelopes. How are we even talking about the possibility that this election was legitimate. It was not. There is absolutely no proof anywhere we look that this election was legitimate at all. There is fraud across all 50 states. It is all going to come out. Any communist who still believes this is either dumb, lying, or hasn't looked. Those are the only options. And we can talk about what all those things mean morally, and I did to some extent earlier, but there is no other option. You are either too dumb, too dishonest, or you have not looked. 
There is nothing else. There is no way to take in all of these pieces of this mountain of information and come to the honest, informed conclusion that this election was conducted freely and fairly and that we have a legitimate result. It is impossible to support that position intellectually or morally, and we need to stop considering that it might be. Any communist making this argument is dumb, uninformed, or lying. Period. And it doesn't matter if that person is close to you or not. You need to tell them you have no information and you admit that you have no information. So why are you arguing with me about something so important? If I'm right, it is the most important fact that exists in your world right now. And you are not considering that I might be right about a subject you admittedly know nothing about. How's that, commie? How is that? How are you the responsible one who is protecting democracy by making sure that no one can actually find out the full truth of this? How is that, commie? How are you protecting your family, your friends, your children? From what lies beyond this terrible crime when you won't even consider that you might be wrong about something you admittedly know absolutely nothing about. Riddle me that, commie. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast.
In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!